Is Merchant Scroll the new expressive iteration? And the Epic Storm made a legacy tier list? Next on Eternal Turtles. Be strong. Be strong. Hello and welcome to Eternal Dirtles. I'm your host, Zach Clark, and with me as always, two weeks in a row, Phil Blackman. Phil, how's it going, man? We're on a new streak, dude. This is unbelievable. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's it's uh you know, it's it's a uh, it's a Saturday morning here at uh Casa Casa Eternal Dirtles. Casa Eternal Dirtles. You know, I think this is the earliest we've ever recorded, and it's not even all that early. Yeah, I mean it it, it I don't think we've ever recorded past midnight, so this may actually be the earliest we've ever recorded. Yeah, I think we should get on that like three a.m. recording time. You yeah, know, that's when all of your best ideas come out. Yeah, do that grind, grind life, that hustle life. Yeah, that's you my... know, nothing toxic about it. No, yeah. no, just like be rise and grind magic podcast. <laughs> rise and yeah, there you go. That's it's new. You ha- have your coffee with Eternal Dirtles. Yeah, man, I got my uh, Brando coffee mug here. Nice. I gotta, I gotta get the... it. See, I, I want a Brando coffee mug. Can we get those yeah. on the Patreon? Yeah. <laughs> um, I almost did uh didn't think to uh wear it, but uh we have we have merch. <laughs> yeah, we we, we do have merch. We do have merch. Usually, usually it's afternoon wear though. We don't have any eternal journals pajamas yet. Yeah, no, I'm working on that. Actually, I uh you know, so on the topic of uh you know what's been going on with me, uh, because you know, that's the best segue ever. Uh, <laughs> yeah but speaking uh, of me so i'm i'm working uh you know doing some side work for this printing company and uh one of the guys there works the uh like uh the screen printing press and he mm-hmm. offered to make me a zip up with uh the eternal dirtles logo on it so i'm like oh, pretty psyched about that bro and if i start working for them maybe that's something that we could offer is like a, a custom made product um but Eventually, I'll have like my my classic Adidas with like Eternal Dirtles on the back and maybe like on the side or something. Dude, I just need like a, a thing with like entreat the angels like wrapping around my shoulders and like a terminus crossbody. You know, <laughs> like, yeah, like like a bad tattoo. Like just like like just... a bad tattoo of like an angel or something, right? Terminus entreat the <laughs> angels coming around my shoulders. That's all I need. We talk yeah, about you, you know. having uh ha- being the angels guy, but like. I mean, I have an Icarus on my. <laughs> you you actually have yeah you actually have an Icarus. You know, I, speaking of tattoos, that was what first got me into altering cards. Uh, so I have uh, uh I take blood thinners every day for a blood condition <laughs> I've had since I was a kid, and so I've always been uh, a bit cautious about wanting a tattoo or about getting a tattoo. Oh, yeah. But I've always wanted like you know X number of tattoos. I would be all tatted up if I could be. I, uh, I you know, awesome. I, I I just ran out of steam at some point. I got this whole arm done. This was like the first one, and then like. I could do this, but I was like, eh, I'm not trying to be cool yeah. anymore. So I've got like, this isn't finished. And I'm just kind of like, we're done here. We're good. Dude, Moving I'm, I'm ta- robots. I'm ta- though. Ta- I got robots ta- and ray guns. <laughs> See, we could have like, we got to We got to get like, you know, I, I got to get like, so like, a, you know, just a terminus down my arm or something. Like I, I've always wanted to get tattoos, but instead I, I found the way that I could fill that, that void, that, that craving hunger was through altars. And then it just so happened that at the time, it was back when, you know, foils were like, you know, 1,200,000 times the price of a regular card. Yeah. And so it was actually more affordable to alter cards. Whereas now it's like, you know, it's all it's all a wash because yeah. all the foils cost the same thing. But it was originally because I couldn't get tats. So there you go. If anybody wants inspiration about wow. uh, when to alter your deck, it's uh, when you can't do something else. It's an alternative. <laughs> anyway, speaking um, of tattoos, let's talk about Merchant Scroll. Yeah. Well, let, yeah, let's talk about Merchant Scroll. Um. Phil, you've been playing Merchant Scroll and Miracles. What's that all about? Is this the new? Is this the new expressive iteration? So let me tell you guys where I've been at. Okay, because today we're going to talk about the legacy tier list that the Epic Storm uh, generated and put up uh, this past week. Yep. And Miracles ain't even on the on the tier list. It's not even. It's not even in the D tier. Didn't even make it into the D tier. I just got Dikembe Mutombo over here. All right, so let me uh, let me fill you guys in on where my yeah. thought process is based on uh, ABC theory that we have talked about a bunch. Yeah. So uh, a couple of weeks beforehand, and you can all of this, what's cool about this is that it's all documented on 90s MTG. So if you actually want to see games with this shit playing out, you actually can. So uh, for a a while, I was playing Dreamcache in my three drop slot. And Dreamcache is a a three mana sorcery brainstorm with the upside that you can also put the cards on the bottom instead of the top if you want to. You can't split it. You got to put both on top or both on bottom. 
So it's a sorcery speed brainstorm and it's fairly anemic, but it's a three drop for counterbalance. And I was like, okay, so I'm, I'm still on four counterbalance because I can't let things go. And I need a good three drop. And I wanted a proactive three drop. I was trying things like force negation, but that's reactive. Same thing with mystical dispute. They only were good in certain matchups as opposed to like being good with what your deck wanted. And so I was like, let me just try these off the wall things because none of this is working for me. So we'll, we'll try stuff. Yeah, so I tried Dreamcash. Yeah, let's get weird. Now, I will say if Dreamcash was an instant, it I would slam dunk it. I would slam dunk it forever tomorrow, right? Um, but because it's a sorcery, it's still pretty anemic. But what I learned from weeks of testing where I actually did really well was that it greased the wheels really, really well in my miracles list with four triumph in the main. And okay. the reason for that is because it it took the pressure off of brainstorm, off of literal brainstorm. So between four brainstorm, four dream cash and three Jace, the mind sculptor, I was an 11 brainstorm effects in my deck. So I pretty much always knew the top of my deck and I was never stuck with a stranded miracle in my hand because I could always put it back on top of my deck. And I was like, okay, this is actually really good in that like, I, I'm not relying on Brainstorm to both fix my hand to like line up the correct half of my deck against certain matchups and uh, also enable my miracles because in uh, most blue cantrip shells, Brainstorm is just like fixing your hand and like helping you line things up. That way it's like if you have multiple white cards in your deck and those de cards don't have any text against a certain matchup, you can trade them for blue cards and now all of a sudden your deck is live, right? But Miracles is a different animal because Brainstorm also needs to set up your Miracles it's also an enabler. And so it it kind of moved me into a new space of how I was looking at ABC without Sensei's Divining Top for a long time. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm on Terminus. Therefore, I want Mystic Sanctuary. Therefore, I want Counterbalance. And then there are other times where I'm like, okay, I'm going to focus on being a Counterbalance list. So I want Counterbalance. Therefore, I want Mystic Sanctuary. Therefore, I want Thwart. And I'm like, okay, here's here are my structures. And each one of them is solid, given that I have the tools to make the, the actual plan A sufficient, yeah. right? But part of that means that I have to, for a terminus, I need to be able to put stuff back on top. For counterbalance, I need to put stuff back on top. Uh, and then once I moved into four triumphs in the main, I was like, okay, now I really need to do that because you don't always have access to uh, two mana up when you yeah. want to slam a threat. It's different from when, you know, terminus for the most part, if you can fire it off for a miracle, you're always doing it because you can always rebuy it with Mystic Sanctuary and cleaning the board is always something you're interested in doing. Yeah. Whereas with triumph, that's not always the case. You don't always want a Tarmogoyf on the table. Sometimes you do, but sometimes you're not in a position to, to pivot to put a Tarmogoy. So you have to draw it so you can deploy your other things. And now it's stuck in your hand. And so what I found was Brainstorm is unique in Miracles in that it can slot into the AVC theory where I don't think it can in other decks. Like there's no other deck where you're like, oh, yeah, I want Minskin Boo. Therefore, I want Brainstorm. You know, like the top of the deck is not relevant for your deck to function the way that it is for miracles because the only the deck miracles i can think of that that cares that much about it as well is is the new like show and tell decks that are playing vesuvian dr drifter right and that's and that's a case where like that zone matters and so this sort of like uh, you know has opened my eyes a little bit more it's like expanded my horizons to, to a degree like you know even though we we taught this theory of abc it's like you know we still learn and for a long time in areas that I struggled, I always felt like Brainstorm was overheated. Like there was too much pressure on Brainstorm to do too much. And so I'd constantly be Mystic Sanctuary for Brainstorm because I just needed more Brainstorms. And then when I tried Dreamcast, and I was like, oh, I actually just need eight Brainstorms. I actually just want more of this effect. When I tried Dreamcast, I was like, okay. But then I, when it was, it was three drop for Counterbalance, which I enjoyed, but it's still slow. Three mana sorcery Brainstorm that doesn't affect the board is still slow, even though it greased the wheels. So I was like, what other things can I do? So I dipped into Merchant Scroll this past week for Merchant Scroll, obviously, because it's you can find brainstorms and but then you can also get tutor packages like it now means that I have Thwart plus however many mystics Merchant Scrolls I have so I can find I can really lock in the hooks. Um, I get that this is a dedicated deck that only I play that you guys are getting yeah. a full rundown on that nobody <laughs> you're never going to run into this. Nobody's ever going to sit down across the table. There's two, there's exactly two or me. three guys in, in the discord. Uh, you can join the Discord if you're a if you're a Miracles player and and, and join in on on that information. Uh, so what and, I did, and, you know, join the Discord anyways. We we talk about magic. Yeah, join too. the Discord anyways. Join it anyways. So what I did was I swapped for Dream Cash for a Force of Negation, an Archmage's Charm to test, and then two Merchant Scroll. So Merchant Scroll primarily is there to be additional brainstorms, but it also means that in the events, in the times where I need Counterbalance plus three drop. I'll have access to searching up three drops. And then the three, the two three drops do different things in different matchups. So they're both counter spells, but one is for fast matchups. One is for grindy matchups. Yeah. So you can just Merchant Scroll show your opponent a force of will. And if they can't beat a force of will, then the game slows down. Uh, and then same Quick, thing. 
Yeah, go quick, ahead. Quick segue, uh, Phil, about all of this. While you're doing all these changes and whatnot, uh, you're doing them on, on Moxfield.com. Am I wrong? Oh, no, they are all on Moxfield. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm, I'm a, great news I, about Moxfield.com. We are once again sponsored by uh, Moxfield.com, uh, one of the greatest deck building websites of all time. Uh, if not the best, greatest deck building uh, website of Isn't all time. Isn't it the only deck building website? Yeah. Pretty uh, sure yeah, is. Harry and John, uh, uh, a couple months ago, they paused all uh, all sponsorships uh, because they were going like full time into, into just making Moxfield, quitting their jobs and like making that a thing. And now they're at a point where they've started up sponsorships again, which is amazing because they've tapped us to do to do sponsorships for for it. Um, and it's it's literally the place we go to build decks. So uh, I'm super proud that uh, uh, to to you know be be sponsored by them. But on top of that, I'm really proud of my friends for uh, making making this work and and like you know basically going out on their own and uh, you know making a whole business model out of making decks for Magic. You know, and I'm happy that it spikes so fast. Like it, 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 the trajectory of like what when I knew nothing about Moxfield to now it's the only thing that I use. Yeah, was like very steep. It's ubiquitous it was, now. Like a, a, everyone you talk to has has like, oh yeah, my Moxfield account. Here's everything. You know, like it's mm -hmm. almost like your magic business card. You know. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. So yeah. they're back. We're back on on board with them. They're great. And yeah, go check it out. Yeah, check out Moxfield. Uh, so continuing on talking about uh, your your many tiered miracles list. Yeah, so essentially what I realized was when I moved over to Merchant Scroll, I was like, okay, well, Merchant Scroll can find Brainstorm, but then I can also find other uh, other answers or uh, threats based on a given matchup, particularly out of the board. Like I was able to trim Hydroblasts because I can tutor for them now uh, in matchups where you want a Hydroblast. But more specifically, I was like, okay, well, if I'm paying three mana for a Brainstorm, then that's kind of the same as paying two mana for a merchant scroll with a brainstorm up front because an instant speed brainstorm with a counterbalance is way better than a sorcery speed brainstorm where you have to just like lock out one part of the curve for a turn. Yeah. So uh, essentially the way that it reconfigured how I thought about the theory with, with this particular archetype was I was like, well, I want counterbalance, therefore I want brainstorm, therefore I want merchant scroll. And so like that sort of like pieced it together. And then Merchant Scroll has like the addendums of like, that's where you reach into Thwart and you reach into like other instant blue instants to like fill out the package. But it's a, it's a, it's a light package. I only played two copies, but it was really good the whole time that I played it. It did exactly what I wanted to do where it was getting the more brainstorms. Like the, I, I, you know, you look at a map between the number of brainstorms that you cast every match and the ones where you cast more brainstorms are the ones where you win more. Right, like yeah, that's probably I mean, that's, a, that is that is like Legacy Magic Gathering in a nutshell. Legacy actually, Magic right? Gathering, like just have have what you need more often. But it also the the, the notion also of getting multiple free counter spells out of your deck between Force of Will, Force of Negation, and Thwart means that like you can proactively counter something. And in the times where you have multiple Mystic Sanctuaries on the table, being able to tutor for the Thwart shows your opponent either they can't move, or if they do, you're just going to get a bunch of mystical tutors back. And that's the cool thing. Like the, the tech that I've always liked about Thwart is that it never really mattered if you countered their spell because you picked up mystical tutors. And that's really what mattered. Mm -hmm. Like the damage is already done before we're yeah. done fighting over the stack, you know? Yeah, in an so attrition game, like, you're you're just running over people. Yeah, so it's like once you get to that point where, you know, I, like if I'm if I, anytime I merchant scrolled for a Thwart, the hooks were locked in. Like I was like, this game's over. You know, we yeah. could be playing for a while, but the game's over. So... It, it sort of opened my my eyes to like repositioning of certain cards on my theory and my deck. And so it's, it's just an example of like even somebody who's been in the shit forever. Like I've been thinking through this theory on this particular archetype for what? Since 20, since since, since, since Miracles came out, right? Since Miracles existed. Yeah. Since Innistrad, whenever that was, 2016, whatever. So 2012, my friend. 2012. 2012. Oh, yeah. I'm thinking of when Top Got Banned. Yeah. 2012. So like. Over a decade, I've been thinking about like this exact theory since Miracles came out till now. And it, e even though it went through abandoning, the only, only now am I actually thinking, oh, I should actually be visualizing Brainstorm as part of this structure. Yeah. Whereas I never did before because you never needed to. You had top, you had a, you know, you were trying to figure, and then everyone's like always trying to figure out other tools. And I was like, what if we just had eight Brainstorms and it like eased up? And now it's like, yeah, it's a soft lock the whole time with Counterbalance instead of a hard lock like it is with top, but like, it's it's way better than it's way closer than it was right now speaking of i don't think miracles is s tier but i no. do think it deserves to be on the tier list on the tier list i i agree but before we move to the tier list i want to ask you uh, one simple question phil i'm a day's mage you know that 
I've yeah. been casting days since since Nemesis. You know, that was my steez. Um, but we have a rule. There's a saying us days mages have, uh, which is never pay for days. How do you feel about that statement for thwart? Never. What do you mean? Never pay for it. You you sh uh, you should never pay mana for this spell. Uh, the only time I've ever I, I I have paid mana for it, but I imagine it's in the similar times when somebody has decided to pay mana for days. It's very rare. It's very rare. But I have done it in that like if I have to cast at, days, you should always pay mana to stop your opponent from from casting days. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, like if I'm <laughs> if, I, I, if, if I'm if I'm sitting there on if I'm sitting there on four lands and I I don't fear days. Right? I'm not playing against the Days deck, but I don't have any Sanctuaries on the table, and we haven't bridged through to the late game yet, I'll yeah. pay for mana. Because, you know, ultimately, the the, the loop is just your second or third Mystic Sanctuary picks up the thwart, so you can always keep the, the chain going. But if I, I don't want to set myself back to the Stone Age in those positions, but yeah. it's rare that that comes up, because it's a one-of, and if you have it, you're probably... If if you're in the, in, in the seat where you have both the thwart and four open mana and nothing else going on on the table... That means that you've probably terminus at some point prior to this yeah. event happening, and and you need. I that mean, presence. if if, yeah. if I spend four mana to to counter your spell, I'm probably so far ahead that the game's over already. So yeah. you know we can scoop that up. But like, fair enough. If, for the most part, it's like I'm never paying mana for it because yeah. I actively want to pick up sanctuaries. You know, yeah. like I on average, I'm picking up two mystic sanctuaries every time. For sure. Yeah, I think the important part there uh, in the never pay for days is is never pay to cast days is what I meant. Yes. Yeah, uh, I, I don't want people to think it. I'm saying just let people daze you, even if you have open mana. <laughs> yeah, never pay for it. <laughs> never pay for daze. At that, at that let point, it, let always, spell me counter. So, so in, in other words, always tap out. Just always, yeah, just always constantly tap out. Tap yeah. out. That's just I also out. stand by that. Uh, always tap out. But uh, yeah, so so yeah, let's talk about this tier list, uh, the Epic Storm, which we were often our all of our old school and pre modern content is often sponsored by. <laughs> We, we we should say that the, this is the epicstorm.com that made yes. uh that made a tier list for the legacy format. Uh shout out to was, Alex M McKinley here. This was released on May 12th, so it's a very recent list. Yes. It is when you're listening to this, it's May 22nd. So May 12th was 10 days ago for you days, all. Yeah. And uh let's it's get May, into it. Yeah, it's May 22nd. That's right. And we're and we're we're recording on May 20th. So, you know, that anything could happen in two days, right? Well, uh, we got some challenges, but I don't think anything's going to shift from this list. Except maybe no. miracles actually, you know, finally get some respect. Finally, being on the board. Uh, so let's talk about the the uh, tier the tiers here. Uh, S tier. There are no decks in S tier, which uh, I, I I appreciate and I sort of agree with. Um, a tier, eight cast, Cephalid breakfast, Jeskai control, reanimator. B tier. All right, so let's talk. You want you want to talk about lists? Or you want to just run all the way down? It's going to be let's hard go to... all the way down because because it, it's okay. important to to understand where everything is is Context. at right now, and yeah. then from there, uh, you know, we can discuss what why things are where they are. Um, B tier is Death and Taxes, Doomsday, Elves, Blue Zenith, Initiative, Painter, Blue Red Delver, and Sneak and Show. C tier is Death Shadow, Green White Depths, Hammer Time, Maverick, Moon. Moon Stompy, uh, Oops All Spells, the Epic Gamble, the Epic Storm. Uh, the D tier is Ad Nauseum Tendrils, Belcher, Black Saga Storm, uh, Cloud Post, Dredge, Esper Vile, Goblins, Hogak, and Lands. So let's talk quickly about the methodology. The S tier is the you know the dominant deck that's always going to show up in the top eight. Yep. The A tiers are consistently in the top eight of challenges. Uh, they they're not necessarily going to win it every time, but they're likeliest to show up. Uh, the B tier strategies are ones that will make it into the upper echelons of an event, but maybe not the top eight. So uh, Alex here wrote strategies that will not make challenge top eights due to either low power or lower play rate, uh, but still a solid deck. And then C tier are often specialist decks. So if they show up, it's because the specialist is usually the one piloting them. And then the D tier archetypes are the ones that are in the format that you're you're potentially going to run into, but they're underpowered and are unlikely to actually see any tournament success. I think a good example of like a C tier list is is Tom Ross playing Infect. Yeah, I mean, they, they themselves, That's... this is the Epic Storm and the Epic Storm tier list put the Epic Storm in C tier. Yeah, you know? exactly. So yeah, that, that, that's an example. example. Of like... If you see Bryant Cook across from you, uh, then it becomes uh, that that C tier list is dangerous. 
Yeah, it's also that like the most of the people who are dedicated <laughs> to the evolutions of those kinds of decks that are like very nuanced and need very specific uh sideboard <laughs> strategies against a very specific metagame. Yeah. So it's not broad strokes, you know. Uh, those are usually going to be piloted by specialists because you have to be dedicated to those kinds of shells. So, yeah. um, but as as we we jump in, there there is one thing that um, to to chat through real quick is that the there are some archetypes in here that don't have uh, standard options. Like when I look at Just Guy Control, my mind branches into like three to five lists. Yeah, like I, a, I I was like, is that just miracles? Like when I see cephalid breakfast, it also like I branch into two two different branches. Like I know that there are Stoneforge breakfast decks, and then there are uh, Baleful Strix breakfast decks. And there's there's some variation in like the combo stuff is all the same, but the additional shell is different, and they're going to be better situated against different matchups. Like if you're on Baleful Strix versus Stoneforge Mystic, you're going to be better against Delver decks, right? In in breakfast because you'll have a little bit more of a speed bump on your way to getting to the through development to your combo. So like that might change numbers based on a metagame. So th there, there there's nothing referenced between variations between those lists. So grain of salt here if we are if we if we just talk about different styles of decks within the archetype. But those archetypes are a little bit more far reaching. Whereas like for the most part you have you have two versions of a cast. You have painter a cast and regular psi master stop burst a cast. Um, I, I both both are legitimate one yeah, it, it, yeah. well I, I think I think before we even get into everything right well get into each each like area what's your biggest takeaway here look like what's the thing that you disagree with the most I should say here um I, I mean, you know minus with? minus miracles being on the list like what uh, what what in this tier list do you kind of disagree with the most I think uh when it says painter I assume they mean red painter yeah. Uh I know that there's red painter and blue painter. Blue painter is just an extension of eight cast. Yeah. But uh the thing is is that all of those are Urza Saga decks. And you could you could have removed a bunch of decks and just put Urza Saga A tier. Yeah. You know, like in, in my mind, there's a bunch of decks that are that exist solely because solely on the power level of Urza Saga. And well, that, that would put Moonstompy in a weird spot because that's a well, C tier I, list. I, I mean like I mean like they they these top lists like if they didn't have Urza Saga, they bumped down multiple tiers. Yeah. Like Urza Saga's power is worth at like X number of tiers by itself. Yeah. And so I personally think that uh, Red Painter should also be up. I think that the Urza Saga decks are the most powerful decks in the format uh, because all of their, all of their cannons are so contained that they really have a lot of flexibility. You know, I think that the, the, I get that they're, they're, they stay confined to one color because they want Ancient Tomb and Urza Saga, and that's a lot of colorless lands. But the fact that they have like naturally built in uh, threats through counter magic, plus tutors for answers to combat opposing decks, and then one deck is an eight Force of Will deck, another deck is a seven Red Blast deck. So depending on the meta, they're gonna they're gonna change. But I, I would put Painter and Eight Cast up higher. But I would do that only because I think Urza Saga is such a dominant card against so many decks. Yeah. Um, that I it, like I in the way that I try to think about how one would combat them, you have to combat them at Urza Saga first, you know. So like if you if you don't have the tools to beat Urza Saga, it doesn't matter what's around it; it's going to beat you anyway. It's similar to like old like old Stompy decks before we had Prismatic Ending and you know additional and Besage you and like additional ways to deal with Chalice. Yeah. It's like if you didn't have ways to beat Chalice, you would just be dead to the turn one Chalice. Yeah, you know, and it feels very similar to me in that vein where it's like at that time. Chalice decks were, you know, in A tier or whatever, right? But they were really on the A tier because there weren't really very good main deckable answers to Chalice and it would just cold a bunch of decks. The rest of the stuff around it didn't matter. Yeah. But it's like, if you couldn't beat Chalice, that then you were dead. And that was good enough to like win just a good chunk of matches. And so I think that it's it's in a similar space, except Urza Saga is just better. Yeah. What do you think? Um, yeah, I think my biggest like disagree here is, is Blue Red Delver not being A tier. Like I, I, I truly think that it still is a tier. I don't think it's overpowered. I don't think it's like S tier. I don't think we need bannings, you know. But I, I definitely don't think that it's a, a B tier deck list. Do you but think maybe, also... maybe the, you know? I think, I think what's in Alex's head here is that that deck is so ubiquitously played that it hits the top eight, uh, that constantly just, just through sheer numbers. 
I also think that it's it's possible that it's it's going through its its post ban dip like it always does, where the, the fall of figuring, the Roman Empire, yeah, it, it, where it's figuring itself out still, right? Like there are some people that were playing like moving into green for like Tarmogoyf and Minskinbu, and then there were other people that were moving into like more aggressive, like you know, essentially like a blue red burn deck, just throwing now, more velocity into the deck, yeah. And, and now, the, like there was times where people where we were on like the predict shell and we wanted to go longer still. And now people are experimenting with invasion of Tarkir and fairy uh, sprite dragon. Yeah. So wild. just like max out on dragons. And now you're sort of like this blue red aggressive dragons deck. Blue red like, dragons, man. Which 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 was showing up relatively well. And people are like, oh, yeah, because you have the chain lightning trick with your own uh, your own battle because you control the battle. So you can chain lightning target the battle, which you control. So you can then pay two more red to chain something else. So it's a three mana way to like both get a battle and kill something, and it's like people people are getting cute, right? Like they're they're yeah. they're trying new things, and I think as as long as we're in that sort of experimental space, and the thing is that like when you play those sorts of cards, you have to change how you navigate different matchups with that style of deck, right? Are you a more aggressive delver or are you a more controlling delver? That's going to dictate how you decide which role you are in given circumstances, yeah. and so. Similar, it's like similar to Jeskai Control. There's a couple of varieties of blue red Delver that exist right now. It's like, are you dragon blue red or are you burn blue red? Are you control blue red? You know, like those slots that make up the difference of like if you overcome the first threat plus days, like if you get any part of through development, that's the next part of the deck that you have to face. And so when Delver figures itself out, right? When there is a new stock Delver that everybody's like, this is the best, let's tune this, let's refine to make sure we can beat the metagame. No doubt, it's going to hop back up a tier, right? Fair enough. I think that's that's a fine. That's a fine. I, I'll concede my point to you on that. I, thing, I, I, you know? I think I, I think you and I were making the same point. I was just yeah. helping you. I was just helping yeah, you yeah. tell it a little bit more. I, I I think I think it's fair to say that Delver could could be having its its rebuilding year, right? Like it's it's going to be tier tier one again or tier, a tier again, but maybe right now it's 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 a minus tier. You know, there's yeah. a tier in between these two things, right? Um, Let, let's talk quick about Reanimator. I just want to say it to all the Reanimator players out there. Atraxa is this new shiny toy. Man, it's this new, wonderful, shiny toy. And y'all want to play it. And you keep casting it. And it, it opens itself up to... so. I can't tell you how many games against Reanimator I 100% should have lost. But I, I won because Dress Down had text. Like, at no okay. point... If if you cast if, if if you cast a reanimation spell and I say resolves, but I have a dress down in play, and then you slam a dress down. Yeah, come on. And and, and the thing is that like y'all, you guys, uh, attracts is good. Don't get me wrong; it's a good card. It'll it'll be a fatty in in legacy for a very long time. It does a lot of different things that a lot of decks want. You should still be gristle branding. Just fucking get them dead if you're reanimating. If you're playing, yeah, I, I mean, I feel like if you're not casting grizzle brand first like unless like you you know you happen to have a tracks in your hand and that's the easiest target like grizzle brand's the still the best card to be reanimating look man i i get it i get it you've been you've been doing grizzle brand since 2012 <laughs> and at no point during any of that time have you ever felt anything because grizzle brand just does it all in a way that is so uh I mean, I appreciate boring. that people want to tie one hand behind their back and get and then dude, punch dude, in the I'm, eye. I'm saying, uh, yeah, like, look, look, look. I, I mean, I, I've been playing Miracles for the same amount of time that Reanimator players have been able to play with Grizzlebrand, right? Like, yep. you know, to, Miracles and Grizzlebrand came out in the same set. I get it. Like I get peanut butter being dedicated to the shell. Tar. And, and I get that, like, over time, <laughs> when you do the same thing over and over and over again, and there's no interaction, you spent, you know, X hours at your, your local FNM, and all you did was masturbate. I get it. You want to feel something different. Yeah, dude. But if you want to win games, just put Grizzlebrand into play. It's it's always going to, it will always be the best thing. It will always, always be the best thing. In order for that, like when they printed Atraxa and we're like, holy shit, this is, this card's really good. It does a lot. It all the colors. It it, it has a huge effect. All yeah. the, 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 the abilities on it are relevant. You, know? you can pitch it to literally anything you want because it's all the colors and it's going to reload your hand and it's going to give essentially two to you for all action. Yeah. It's not close Grizzle brand is still better it's yeah. still better like the only times that i've seen attracts be better is what is was like against the initiative when you're on turn seven and the fact that it's a flying lifelinking death toucher that has vigilance so you can both attack and block to stabilize that's the only time yeah. where i've seen 
okay, this card would have been better here than Grizzlebrand would. But Grizzlebrand just ends the game on the spot. So long-winded way of saying Grizzlebrand is still the S tier of targets. We could, yeah, this deck could be S tier if you guys weren't frigging trying to put a track to play the whole damn time. Dude, dude, like, here's the thing. (laughs) Definitely still play a track against me. Don't play Grizzlebrand against me. But play a Grizzlebrand against everybody else. Uh yeah, so I the the other decks on on the on the A list. Uh, I don't know enough about Cephalid Breakfast honestly to to make a judgment call about that. I, I do. I can I've, I can chat to it a little bit. I've really never played against the deck ever. Like, and I'm really I, it still like feels like a meme to me. Um, no, you, yeah, you want to know where it's it, where it's really good is because it's an A plus B combo deck, and yeah. it's uh the. The package itself isn't all that tight, right? You need three Narcomoeba, you need a Dread Return, you need the yeah. Thassa's Oracle. Like, five cards is, is, is you know, it, it's not the tightest list in the world. But the combo itself is extremely tight and doesn't require timing restriction. So you're looking to go Nobot. So you against opposing combo decks where they're not playing interaction that fucks with you, you can just go turn one, turn two, kill you, right? So yeah. it's it's got a good combo game. But because it's an Urza Saga deck, it can also grind. So... And because a lot of the because the the shell of the combo itself, you know, uh, Cephalid plus uh, Shuko or Nomads, because that's it, and then you just need the five cards to combo out. The rest of the deck is flexible, and the rest yeah, of yeah, you can just, just like kind of good... you can have those five cards in your deck, and then just go from there, right? It becomes just a good blue white X deck. So it's like yeah. you know when we were talking before, where it's like you could play Stoneforge Mystic or Baleful Strix. It's like yeah, you, so there's flexibility in so like. It's yeah. not like us. It's not like Storm, where you have to dedicate the entire list. It's not like Reanimator, where you have to dedicate the entire list. There is some mid-range game that you so can Phil, play, so that if you want to move away from the combo, you can. The best, the best thing I can again, like I said, I've never really played against this deck. The best way I can compare it in my head is is like, uh, like Food Chain. Yes, but it's better. It's yeah. better because it's tighter, and you don't have to play bad cards. Like food chain requires you to play a bunch of bad cards in addition to the combo piece. Got it. Where Cephalid Breakfast just doesn't ask that of you. There's just and it's just asking for way less commitment as far as the combo is concerned as well. It asks you for yeah, you, your your deck is just less absorbed by a combo. So you're you you don't have as many hands where you're like, well, I have this food chain and nothing to go with it, so it's just blank, and I have to you know, it's like, well, I have this uh, Mist Hollow Griffin that I can't exile yet so it's just a 4 mana 3-3 three, three that sucks yeah. you know it's like you you run into those situations way less because your combo pieces are just uh, like cheap creatures that have relevant text and and also like there are positions too where it's like if you go if you're on the Stoneforge Mystic build right and you go turn one Nomads turn two Stoneforge Mystic well now Bolt can't get rid of your Stoneforge right so one of your combo pieces is protecting your non-combo game plan against yeah. certain matchups. And you can navigate in those positions, right? Like it affect like the, the nomads in that position functions as a mother of runes. And if they don't have two pieces of removal, then they're just gonna get bodied by the cauldra, you know, which is something that like other combo decks don't have. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, and there's there are like ways where your cephalid illusionist is also relevant. Uh, like, let's say you ponder a brainstorm and it's, you have one card, but then you want to clear the chafe. You can use something that tar- if you have something to target your, even if you're not ready to go off, you can target your cephalid illusionist to mill cards to clear the top of your deck. Like, there's a lot of like incidental things that do add up over time again in, in a lot of matchups to like improve your consistency. Yeah. On top of the fact that it is a creature combo deck, so uh, it, it doesn't have to worry about, um, certain uh interaction that a, a lot of things have like force like, of negation for example right, force of negation for example and the other side of it is that it has a because it's a creature combo deck think of it similar to elves it has a legitimate beatdown plan like if you if, if somebody's playing where they really fear the combo they're just gonna get beat down by constructs because this center is a saga deck they're gonna you know if they if you're on the stone forge yeah. package you can start getting aggro <clears throat> like you can force your opponent to have to do different things so uh, an, another example of something that we've talked about before, Cephalid Breakfast is very good at controlling the narrative. Yeah. And it's a deck that can pivot and control the narrative really well. And that's why I think it's very consistent. And it was, I, I think it's actually lost a couple beats since Initiative got hit because it was very good against Initiative because Initiative did not interact with it fast enough in a meaningful way enough yeah. because it's a creature combo deck. So all of their hate that they had to make it so that, you know, Storm could never do anything, it doesn't matter. 
for them, right? Yeah. And the, the the fact that like your combo is more or less uncounterable if you want it to be. So they their Urza Saka package often includes an Aether Vial, which helps them flash in their threat uncounterably because you got the Aether Vial uncounterably, or you can tutor up the Shuko uncounterably, or you can step through to get your combo piece and, uh, and, and they can't interact with that. Yeah. Also, if they play Graveyard Hate, which means that you can't Dread Return to combo, well, you can just step through to get your Thassa's Oracle out of your deck, mill your whole deck, and then down. cast it. Yeah, you know exactly. So, yeah, like, there, there there are ways to navigate around the deck, all yeah, of the deck has a lot that you want. So it's it's extremely flexible, and that's okay. why it's so good. It's like the the ways that you hate it out. It's there isn't a hard way to hate it the same way that there is for other combo decks because a good a good breakfast pilot can just navigate around it if they know that that's what you're on. If they yeah. know you're on leyline, they're going to be like. No worries, I have stepped yeah, through Thassa's Oracle and I can just kill you that way. Or I'll just try and beat you down first, make you expend resources, and then kill you. Or I have these combo pieces that may not be ready to combo off, but are giving me incidental value along the way. And yeah. they're all Or oh, I'll just attack you with Cauldra for four turns, you know? Right. <laughs> like that's yeah. fine so too, right? The the fact that it's it's a it is like in it's a combo deck, but it's a it, it's not a dedicated combo deck. Like it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have yeah. to combo to win. And that's why it's so good. It's it's very much like Acast Painter, right? If you're yeah. Acast Painter, you can incidentally win through the combo. And a lot of the times when they're not ready for it, you just get to combo them out. But you don't have to. You can just construct beat down them, right? It, they, they, you, you, it's so hard to fight on multiple axes against a combo deck that can outright kill you. So you need to respect it. But then also gonna, just beat you down. We're going to name this sec segment Eight Godless Minutes on, on Cephalon Breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, it is one of those things where it's like yeah. your your Urza Sagas and Cephalid Breakfast are way more anemic than they are in Acast. But at the same time, it's still going to produce six power uncounterable. And if you're not prepared to deal with that on top of fighting over the combo, you just die to it. That's why it's very good. So so looking at the rest of the A tier, Acast I agree with. Jeskai Control, which is like you were saying yesterday, is is just uh, Narset slash Teferi. Narset and Teferi, uh, like as as a deck and you know throw in a bunch of control cards i think a, a part of it is too is like people are unprepared for certain variations of just got control you know yeah. like when when uh ozzy won with four yuda in his deck for fairy mastermind yeah I, I imagine a lot of the times where that caught people they weren't expecting it right and he was the first person to do that in a challenge and then it, it's it's sort of like whole breacher right it's like once you are aware that you need to be uh, you need to navigate around those things. You navigate around it, and then it's way less threatening. Yeah. I, if if you were to tell me which Jeskai Control deck is the one that's going to put up the most numbers against a, a field like this, I would assume it's the Teferi Narset deck with yeah. a single Days Undoing or something like that, where at that point you're Prison Control, and against the rest of the tiers, it's like, well, Teferi means that you can only function at instant speed, so you're not like, you know, the we're going to have a harder time comboing off against that when, you know, all my you can't fight over my stuff. And then Narset shuts down Acast in a meaningful way that they have to fight over it. And it also can blank, you know, the if you can stymie your Grizzle brand until then. Like the static abilities on those cards are really backbreaking. And so that's what I would assume is the just guy control that we're putting here. But yeah. Uh all right. So then in the B tier, we've got Death and Taxes, Doomsday, Elves, Blue Zenith, Initiative, Painter, Blue Red Delver, and Sneak and Show. I haven't seen Sneak and Show in the longest time until like recently I've seen some rumblings about the Vesuvian Drifter uh, Sneak and Show deck. I haven't even seen that one yet, but it sounds cool. Yeah, basically you're just like, that's another, it's another show and tell. And then that turns Brainstorm into into like this massive like, okay, like maybe I need to remove their, uh, you know, their, their three drop, which is basically a show and tell, right? It's like a creature version of show and tell. You're casting show and tell and this thing is in play. And next turn, you're probably going to die, right? Like, it, so it is kind of cool that it, it slots into to blue green. And uh, I remember when people were playing Eureka for blue green, but like, you know, Doomsday plays per personal tutor for Doomsday. Maybe show and tell is just like, all right, instead of personal tutor for Doomsday, we're right? just going to play, you know, some of the green mystical tutors to put a creature play on top. And that's tutors. finding yeah. a combo piece. Yeah. yeah. And then he killed that one. I think also, there's, a, there's another green one. I forget what that one is. It might just actually still be worldly tutor. One thing to keep in mind, too, for Vesuvian Drifter is it's each combat, not just yours. So if you have a Vesuvian Drifter and your yeah. opponent's trying to attack you, you can reveal, become a fatty, and potentially might make a big block. So don't don't yeah. be the person that falls for that. Yeah, uh, if your opponent, like, attacks you and you're like, oh, look at that, it's Grizzlebrand, I'll just block. You and know? draw seven. Yeah. I'm going to gain seven and draw seven, yeah. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Um, but I think Death and Taxes is right in, is in the right spot. Um, I think Doomsday, it's it's funny that, that I, like, you know, I, I, we talk a lot 
about bias and like you and I are very biased in our in our deck. Shout out to the Epic Storm for for like taking the Epic Storm, putting it at C tier, and putting Doomsday at the, in the B tier. I'm I, that that shows a lot of growth. <laughs> yeah, I mean they, they 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 the the way that these guys uh the way that Alex really laid it down with his methodology, you know, I yeah. mean he's 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 it's pretty consistent. I, I'm curious as to like if he was just looking over challenges and that's how he <laughs> got to this list because like I I mean I see Hammer Time enough, but I'm surprised that it's significant enough that it can actually get tiered, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the wild thing for me is like, if we look at the C tier, like death shadow, that's exactly where I would expect death shadow to be is like, you know, if you get a pilot that like knows death shadow, like that's a de all these decks are decks that like, if the pilot knows what they're doing, they are, they're a menace. You know, you're going to, if you see someone turn one, uh, cyclist street wraith, and they look like they know what they're doing. That is a coin flip game. Like anything, yeah. anything goes, you know, uh, if you see someone cast, uh, start their oops, all spell things like anybody who's playing oops, all spells is either a, a straight up genius or just like, you know, like playing with playing with like Legos, you know, it's like, it's one or the other, like you just like never know what you're going to get. But when you get someone that knows that deck, you're like, Oh, great. You you want to know like um what this is also highlighting for me that isn't on here is there's no I, I assume that it's blue zenith is what they it's been packaged into but there's no Uro Minskinbu deck yeah there's I think like that's, no four I think color that's what blue zenith is yeah yeah and because if if I were to if I were to add four color somewhere on this list I'd probably put it in the B tier uh, only because people are also still trying to figure that deck out after post expressive iteration ban yeah uh, but that that shell like. You know, we spent, you know, a half hour talking about miracles today. But, like, if you sit across from a control deck, you're going to be going against, like, the, the variations of Jeskai control or the variations of uh, four color. But both of those decks through development are just white spell decks, right? We're hoping, like, if you sleeve up my style of miracles or if you sleeve up a, a Jeskai control or a four color control, the first thing that you have to do when you do that is you assume that your white cards will have text in most of your matchups. Yeah. So you're like, I need to be able to line up swords to plowshares and prismatic ending in order for me to do anything game one. And if you walk into a format that is just your white cards just do not matter in that way, then you will not do well. Like the baseline through development is your white cards need to have text. So I mean I, the I mean, big the big cards that this deck looks like it picked up are like Thali and the Gitrog monster. Um Okay, so that if, if if that's what we're talking about with Blue Zenith, then it's just yeah. an entirely different archetype. Yeah, yeah. This is okay. this is basically Maverick. Like you're looking at like Triad Arbor, Birds of Paradise, Collector Wolf, uh, yeah. Ice Fang Quotal, Endurance, Excavator. So, I, I, so one Oro, of the things that it, it's like Omnath. if you look at this list, I I definitely would be putting uh, Uro and Minskin Boo dot deck with maybe probably Staff of the Storyteller at this point is really where people are shifting to. A, a I'd lot really of be putting are that. Playing like Chris the Hunger Tide or or like Tefri instead of yeah uh, yeah off of your Green Sun yeah yeah I would just put that in the B tier. I would still be prepared for it. Like that that is a style of deck that it, it just speaks to a lot of players. Like people yeah. will cast Uro and Minx against you. So like if you go I'm into a major, I'm afraid of every Maverick player. Even now that now that I'm on a deck that doesn't care if you're on if you're yeah if you're just yeah, a fair just deck, to, you know. Well, <laughs> you just have to care about green white depths. Yeah, I, yeah. I I think that like I know that SCG Baltimore is coming up and there's a Legacy 10K happening and that at that uh, thing. If you walk into that room, there will be plenty of players casting Uro and Minskinbu in the same deck. And so, you know, looking at this tier list, if you if you don't pay any respect to that archetype, I think you might get bodied by it. So. Just be be mindful. I, so I what's think your, that what's your plan? Are you thinking about going to Baltimore? Yeah, I'm not confirmed yet, but I'm going to try to go for sure. I think it's I, like I'd a like, late I'd like June to go. Or I just want to be like a little more secure with like what's going on with my life. Yeah, uh, I think that the, the and only we have we is... have the funds. Thank, thanks to our Patreon supporters, we have the funds to to like be like okay, we can afford to go down to Baltimore and like cover the event and play. So and make some content. Yeah, yeah. I, I, think, I, think, I think the only that's, downside that's is a that... good use of our Patreon money. The only downside is that Baltimore sucks. Not like, not like Baltimore, like, hey, Baltimoreans. I'm not like trying to come at you. I mean, like, the. I the love situation... it. I love that town, man. I, I have oh, my spots. I, I have, yeah. When, yeah. When I say Baltimore sucks, I don't mean like, oh, the city is trash. I mean, like, the convention in which they do things is not conducive to making it uh, a, an easy weekend in that, like, the parking is really pricey. The you know the 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 situation of like hotels versus where the convention is. It's yeah. like it's not the there's not a good have, uh, you know what I mean. There's not a good uh, mass transit system to get down there from like from I, I live in Philly, which is like an hour and a half away from Baltimore. 
you would think that like I could just hop on a train and get there, but like it's a drive. Yeah. Like people, I, 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 I've got to match up with folks to 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 drive there. Baltimore is a city. It's a city doing city stuff, and that's yeah. cool. Like I, I live in New York. I, I mean that like it's not the most conducive to big events. Or at least the last time I went, I remember thinking like, man, I'm paying. I, I paid like way more just for like the stuff outside the convention center to like yeah. be able to go on the trip. You know what I mean? Yeah, for me, uh, like so we go like you know we, it's like me, Dustin, uh, Higby. Tim, we all go like and get the same, the literal same hotel room that is like a, a family sized hotel room that has mm-hmm. like a kid's room that has an Xbox in it, which we've never turned on, uh, and a big like mural of a dog and bunk beds. And I always get the top bunk. There you uh, go. Yeah. And, and you then deserve we go, to be in the top bracket. Yeah. And then we go to like, there's like this little like, uh, uh, the best way I could put it is like Disney at night, like you know, whatever, whatever, Pleasure Island. Uh, kind of kind of spot that has like a bunch of different bars there's like the club bar the german beer hall the like pub hangout and the pub hangout has karaoke so that's like our nighttime thing we go there and like we do that and hang out so i love going to baltimore it's 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 a ton of fun yeah uh, I, I i definitely hope to go and terminus every person who sits across the table from me so <laughs> you know let us let us pray yeah I think that that would be a blast. But then also the next week I have like a wedding. So there's like, that's a lot of travel for me. It's a lot of travel. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I've been leaving my house more often because I'm actually like going to, you know, like hopefully this, this gig works out uh, a couple. I have a couple other irons in the forge uh, as far as, uh, you know, uh, what, what my next steps are as, as far as jobs are concerned. Uh, if, mm. if anyone out there has has some openings for a uh Project manager, uh, I ain't too proud to to use the podcast as a platform. Use the platform, man. Find, platform. find a new uh, job. So community sticks together, dude. Yeah, man. I'll tell you, like, I I have never gotten it in my entire life. I have never gotten a job through my own like submitting to a job. Yeah, it's, it's who you know. Yeah, it's the always nepotism, been who I know. The nepotism is huge, and and right now and everyone is my uncle. <laughs> of 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 the four like major jobs that I've had since you know, graduating from college over a decade ago, I, like I've had four distinct, like these were jobs that could be full on careers. Right. Mm-hmm. All. And you're not even including came, the one that I gave you. No, no. It, w- w- one of them came from my alma mater, right? Like the, the company that hired me was owned by guys that like were, came from Syracuse or went to Syracuse. So like I had the in through them. Cause they were like, Oh, you're a Syracuse guy. Yeah. Come on in. Yeah. The, every other one, was because I knew people and two of them were because of people who I knew through magic tech that put it in for me. So yeah. use the platform, man. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, hit us through the discord. Uh, if you have, uh, you have job openings, um, we're still doing the, uh, get Zach to, uh, Pac-Man suits slash, uh, get Zach to Barcelona, uh, Patreon tiers. Uh, so we'll see about, we'll see about that stuff. Uh, you know, if you want to support us via Patreon, that's awesome. Uh, and uh, what else? Uh, check out our Legacy 101 content. Just just literally watching the content, liking and subscribing is like all I ask. You know, like that's that's the bare minimum is like hit the like button. Uh, if, if you guys got any value out of our content, if you do get value out of our content, you know, share it, uh, you know, and and like click the click the upvote button on Reddit. That's like the bare minimum. And and everyone's doing a great job with that. We've been growing. Like I, I was showing uh, the guys at Moxfield since uh, they were talking to me about you know a sponsorship, and I was like, yeah, look at this chart. We're up over the last ninety days. Uh, we're up eight hundred and eighty nine percent as far as user concerned, which is it's pretty good percentage. Wild, wild. You know, like pretty good percentage. Right uh, you know, we uh, a couple episodes ago we were talking about how we are currently at. Uh, you know, uh, 600, we just hit 600 views. This was 12 days ago, you know, mm-hmm. uh, or 600 subscribers, I should say. Uh, we're up to 650 right now, which is amazing too. So, uh, you know, I, I really appreciate the community just stepping up and being like, yeah, like we're going to, we're going to subscribe to to the channel, you know, like that's, that's the cool, it's just wild to see uh, the the cast grow like this. And, and uh, it's, it's incredibly humbling to, to kind of, you know, be like part of the community, you know? I don't know how else to interpret all of that growth other than that everybody like me is a thwart truther. <laughs> I don't know how else the, to interpret this. You're the uh, Marjorie Taylor Green of, of thwart? <laughs> oh, God, no. God, no. <laughs> I, I, 
at least I, I think what I'm saying has some kind of logical sense. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, fuck. I think that's how everyone else views you. Just oh, like, shit, a bullhorn yeah. yelling thwart is fuck. good. Fuck, man. Just like, that'll, you be know. The, that'll be the <laughs> thumbnail for this one. Just like you on a bullhorn. <laughs> we could Photoshop your face onto Marjorie Taylor. Oh, Green God. Right? Oh, my God. I'll, please kill me. Please end my life. Uh, yeah, Christ. but anyhow, I think, uh, you know, uh, I, I like this tier list. I appreciate that, like, it seems it seems relatively unbiased. And it's also a good spot to like just be like, hey, like that's a good metagame to like look at for uh for uh Baltimore. Um I, I'm yeah. I'm very interested to see what Baltimore yields as far as as far as uh deck breakdowns and stuff. So I am sure uh Well the the thing too is that like that format is different. The, I I imagine that a lot of this stuff is taken from challenges and whatnot. I mean specifically yeah. like the, the methodology refers to challenges and yeah. the online metagame is different from the paper metagame. It is. There it's are, there are just a lot for, of tools for, that paper for many has reasons. That, you know, uh, for many one reasons, of them being you know. all the cards aren't there. But the other one being like, you know, guys like me will just play like De Death Shadow Splashing Green, you know, like just because that's fun, you know? Yeah. Uh, so uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm interested to see to see what uh, how, how this breaks up over the next couple of weeks uh, and how, how we feel about this uh, going forward. But uh, I think it's a it's a solid start as far as uh, pl places to look for uh, for you know your your meta breakdown. Yeah, this would be a cool thing to reference, like as other decks that you know were hit by the ban sort of like settle in and change according to the new meta game. You know, yeah. I think that I think like this is a good tier list, but I feel like there's still a bunch in flux. You know. Yeah. So. All right. Well, I think that does it for us this week. Uh, again, thank you everyone for uh, liking, subscribing, commenting, all that stuff. Comment below. Uh, what you what you think is out of place on this tier list. I'm I'm actually pretty interested to find out. Um and uh that'll do it for us this week. Uh thanks for watching everybody.